Welcome back to the uh, Recruiting Guy podcast. I'm Richard Davenport, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, hohogsports.com. There's always popular Razorbacks uh, through the years and recent years, and and uh, this young man's probably one of the more popular ones and most respected Razorbacks, I think, not only just from the fan base, but from former coaches and, and just people in general. And I'm talking about Riley Williams, who was a all-SEC freshman uh running back uh, for the Razorbacks and as a sophomore led the SEC in rushing and was 25th nationally while making all SEC and uh, and we're going to bring him on right now and welcome to the show Riley. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Going well, going well. Now obviously not as well as you and we were just saying uh, <laughs> off the air you're 25 years old and what you've accomplished in just a short period of time is just amazing to me because uh, I haven't accomplished much at all and you have uh, in about three or four years after college and congratulations on that. No, I appreciate it. I mean, you've accomplished a lot, man. You've covered me for a long time. You've covered the Razorbacks for a long time. So you're, you're football royalty in that uh, state. Well, I appreciate it, Riley. But uh, let, let's go back to the recruiting process. That's, that's where I started talking to you, started to get to know you and your parents, and, and, and how blessed are you to have the, the parents that you have. But uh, what led you to Arkansas? Man, just really, you know, the family environment that it was at the time, um, and that obviously still is. But, you know, coming um, out of high school, um, close to wanted to stay close to home. Um, always wanted to play in the SEC. Um, and Coach B being uh, from Wisconsin and having the great running backs that he had in Wisconsin, <laughs> you know, I knew I'd get the ball at Arkansas. Um, and just going on my visit and getting to know a lot of the guys and um, it being a beautiful campus, um, a great business program, you know, those are all the things that I was looking for. So it was a, it was a no-brainer for me at the time. What are some of your most memorable moments at Arkansas? Because you had several, uh, obviously, big yeah, games. Absolutely. Most of them are off the field. You know, I've, I've made friends that I talk to every single day um, to this day. Um, so I think the, the most enjoyed, uh, most fun time I've had at Arkansas is just spending time in the locker room, spending time at, you know, my house with my friends or their houses, um, going out, having a good time. You know, those are guys that I feel like I'll be close with for the rest of my life. Who are some of those guys you still stay in contact with? Oh, man. You know, Byron Keaton, who's actually an attorney right now in Little Rock. Um, Damani Carter, uh, Colton Jackson, Deion Stewart, uh, Chase Hayden, uh, Coylan Jackson. I mean, just to say, you know, a little. And it's guys after that. Jay Will and I, we just spoke today. Um, Cody Walker, you know, all the running backs in that group. It was, a, it was a great group of guys on that team that I'm thankful to be a part of. Your favorite game? What's the most? What's Riley Williams's favorite game in his? I mean, it has career. to be Mississippi State. Um, <laughs> that's a no-brainer, just because it was my best game statistically. Um, it's also funny though, because that was the one game that my parents didn't go to. Um, but I remember texting them right before I went out to actually play the game. Um, they were on the bus coming back from our brother's high school uh, playoff game, and I was like, "Hey, you guys better be watching. Like, I feel really good today." And I remember my dad being like, "All right, we're watching." And you know, obviously the rest is history. But that was definitely one of the most fun times I'd had. What was it like, you know, one of the selling points for, you know, all the coaches and, and all the programs in, at Arkansas, they always talk about you come to Arkansas, you there's no pro team, everybody's focused on the Razorbacks. What was that like? Wherever you went, you were recognized. Yeah, I mean, you know, you hear guys at other schools say it, but I truly do believe that, you know, the Razorback fan base is the best in the country. Um, I mean, it's just, it's nothing like it. I've been on other trips. I've talked to other people at other schools, but like you said, man, everywhere you go in Fayetteville, everywhere you go in Arkansas, somebody just want to recognize you. Um, they're going to always be respectful. They're going to always show you love. Um, and they're going to let you know how long they've been a fan and how it's their great, great grandfather put them on the, <laughs> the Razorbacks when they were growing up. So it's, it's such a cool thing that uh, every time step back, foot on campus or step back, but anywhere on the state. 
you know, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I think, is the number one uh, metropolitan area for Arkansas alumni. I would imagine you still run into quite a few Razorback fans there. All right. Every day, uh, every day. I, I actually went to Central Market uh, a week or two ago and I uh, was getting some sandwich meat and the guy was like, are you, you Raleigh Williams? And I was like, yeah, man. So um, like you said, uh, Dallas is definitely a big hub for the uh, Razorbacks. Okay. Obviously, your your career was cut short. Your first injury was against Auburn as a freshman, and that was a scare. Kind of talk about all that went into you deciding to come back and, and, and feel like that you could still play and contribute without having to worry about your health. You know, honestly, man, um, you know, I ended up talking to, at the time, a lot of doctors um, with my family um, and everybody said that, you know, I would heal 100 percent um, and that, you know, um, that part of my neck was as strong as ever. You know, just being at the age I was and loving football as much as I do um, and did at the time, you know, it was in my mind just a freak accident that would never happen again. You know, people ask me still to this day, how did you do it or, you know, did you ever think about it? But I can honestly say that when I went and played football again, I never had any doubt that I wouldn't be healthy. Um, and so, you know, it's just something at the time I think I needed to go through to be able to play at the level that I did. How tough was that on your mom? Because I know that anytime you got hit, she, you know moms, they think the worst. How tough was that on your mom? You know, I, I didn't even realize how tough it really was on her until I stopped playing altogether. You know, um, obviously when I was on the ground and I was hurt and going through the surgery, I knew that everybody was worried. But, you know, just to come back my sophomore year and obviously have a successful year personally, but I didn't realize how much it took a toll on my mom. And, you know, just to see her son go back out there and know that any moment something could happen again, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful that it all worked out as well as it did. But, you know, it's definitely tough for her. And obviously the decision to, to retire from football came uh, when you got hurt during spring practice. Mm-hmm. Talk about the discussions with your parents and, and, and doctors and everything that led to uh, the retirement. You know, as soon as I hit the ground, I knew that was probably it for me. And once I got x-rays and MRIs and realized that it was a totally separate part of my neck that had been injured, um, that's kind of when I was like, you know, this is something deeper than just, you know, keep getting surgeries and heal and playing again. I knew that I wanted to be able to walk and to have a family and to be able to enjoy my life um, in the big picture. So um, I knew at that point that I had to, you know, try to look for something else to put my energy towards. How difficult was that process of knowing that you had to do it and you and when you did announce it, how long before you, you truly, truly accepted it just felt like that you could move on? Um, it honestly didn't take long. Um, you know, it's still even today, um, there's moments where I miss the game and miss playing. But, you know, I always tell people if, if it had to happen to anybody, I'm glad that it did happen to me because I'd always been somebody that didn't put all of my eggs into being a football player. Um, so as soon as that ended, I, I turned my energy and I turned my mindset towards, you know, being competitive in other places and I'm um, wanting to be great in other areas. And, you know, I've never looked back since. Do you watch games now and obviously being a little bit removed from the game, see hits and go, gosh, how did this guy get up again? <laughs> I, mean, I was just having a conversation about that uh, actually probably about a week ago. I was like, you know, I think that as a football player, you have to be numb to how dangerous of a sport it is and it looks like because when I was playing I never looked at the game that way but now that it's been you know some years since I played I definitely do look and, and think man I don't know how how I could do that again what was the hardest you've ever been hit in college um I think it was Alabama there was a play we just ran like an inside zone um backed up in the end zone at Alabama my freshman year um and we jumped off sides and our entire offensive line stopped blocking and Alabama kept playing. And uh, I got hit so hard, my face mask broke. And I remember Sebastian totally looking at me in the huddle and was like, hey, man, you, you need to go to the sideline. And he, he's like terrified at me. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, man, look at your helmet. And I look at my face mask and it's hanging off my helmet. So uh, that was definitely the hardest I've been hit. 
Let me ask you this. Did you ever have any concussions? Because obviously concussions is a big deal now. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you, you got your bell rung. But did you right. have any uh, concussions that you know of? I mean, technically, no. I don't I don't ever recall feeling like I need to go get my head checked. But like you said, I was still raised in the era where, you know, concussions wasn't a huge thing until, really like, until I got to college. Um, and so um, I think I've definitely had my bell rung a couple of times, but nothing where I felt like I didn't know where I was or I was just out of all sorts. Everything you went through, uh, from, you know, through football and then then retirement, especially retirement, because it, even though you accepted it and you, you went on during that time, I would imagine it, it was a very trying time. What have you learned about life in general? Just looking back, uh, some, some of the things that you learned through all that adversity. You know, um, one of my best friends and one of my clients, James Crochet, we had a conversation not too long ago and he was saying, you know, life's not easy, but it's simple. And, you know, I, I live by that and I've lived by that without even realizing it. You know, we all go through things um, that are trying. We all go through things that are tough. But I've, I've lived by the motto that as long as I'm healthy, um, you know, and still alive, and as long as my family and friends are still alive, the rest will be fixed. Um, so that's kind of the mindset that I've always taken in everything I go through. As, as long as we're healthy, I can whatever problem comes my way, I can get through it. You're an NFL agent now. What led you to wanting, wanting to be a, an agent? So when I ended up interning with the Dallas Cowboys uh, after I couldn't play anymore, um, at the time I was thinking about being a GM, um, you know, obviously working my way up to being that in 20 years. Um, but it was funny, a lot of the agents that were recruiting me um, as a player had reached out telling me that I should consider getting into that business. And then after hearing it so many times from so many different people, you know, I looked in the mirror and was like, what do they see about me that I don't see yet? So I ended up trying it out. And I'm just kind of shadowing different agents and learning the business. And, you know, I just found that I became a natural at it. Um, and just knowing my resources within the football world, but also my mind and the business aspect of things, I felt like it's something that I could succeed in. And, you know, so far it's been a great experience. You're a founding partner of Milk and Honey Sports. Talk about the process of, of joining that organization and, and being a founding partner. Yeah, so um, you know, I've worked with my partner Jake Presser now for four or five years. I'm um, just doing a lot of things on the marketing side. And once I decided to, you know, once I got my master's degree and became, you know, an agent, um, there's a, a guy named by the name of Lucas Keller who owns uh, Milk and Honey, um, which is a music management company. It's what it originally started as. You know, he's if you meet him, he's one of the most ambitious guys I've ever met. Um, he's about 37 years old, and and being so successful in the music and venture side, he wanted to bring in a sports uh, division. Um, and through a mutual friend, he contacted me and my partner. Flew us out to California. Uh, we ended up meeting at his house for a couple of days and just had a great time. And, you know, he made a decision to bring us on. And, you know, we represent, uh, as of now, 19 guys. Um, I'm on 12 contracts and, you know, we're, we're growing literally by the day. What makes you a good agent, uh, Riley? I think just me being who I am. You know, um, I think I can relate to a player more than 90% of other agents. Um, I think that um, I also give them the confidence in me that I'm going to go out and do everything I can to make sure that's successful, not just on the field, but off of it. Um, and I think that those guys know that I truly care because I was in that position, you know, and, and because I was in that position, it made me want to be who I would have wanted to represent me. But I, I live by that every day. Your playing days, does that give you an edge? Because yeah, a lot of does. agents are, aren't have, don't have a playing background like yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in a football family. You know, from the age of four, uh, my dad played in college. He coached when I was growing up. Um, I played. My brother played. You know, that's that's who we are. Um, that's what a lot of our conversations were growing up. Um, so when you know, when I talk to our guys, you know, they know they can come to me and talk about football. They know that I have a mind that's strong enough to really understand what they're saying and also give advice on it. Okay, is the phone attached to your ear? Because I know you're on the phone a lot. 
yeah, I mean, I'm literally on the phone 24-7. You know, I, my girlfriend, she, she laughs sometimes. We'll be watching a show or at dinner, and it might be 10 o'clock at night, and, you know, a guy will call, hey, man, you know, can, can you help me with this? What do you think about this? And, you know, I'm appreciative that she's as understanding as she is because the phone never stops ringing. Talk about the understanding because that, that's pretty tough on a relationship when you're basically, you're on call 24-7. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's something that, you know, not many people can understand because you know, I don't have to go to an office, you know, every day per se, but I'm on the road a lot. I travel a lot. Um, and like I said, when I'm at home, I'm still working. I'm still on the phone. So um, I'm thankful, like I said, that she understands and that she also encourages me to be as great as I can be. You know, and it's it's definitely made my life and it's made my career a lot better. You know, I can honestly say that I'm probably in the best position I've ever been in. Do you truly have an opportunity to go on vacation without having to worry about taking phone calls? No, but I think I've gotten to a point where I just accept it and it doesn't take away from anything. You know, I think that I've, just, I've set enough boundaries and I, I work with enough, you know, really good human beings that everybody's understanding. So I don't ever expect to go anywhere and not have a phone call, but I know how to maneuver around it and still get done what I need to get done. What, what's the what's the one thing about being an NFL agent that might have surprised you? Oh, man, everything. <laughs> you know, from when I started, I had no idea what exactly this job was. Um, but, you know, it's funny when people ask me, what does an agent do? My partner, Jake, always says, you know, anything from negotiating contracts to being a personal assistant. It just depends on the person. You know, it's some guys need help with flights. Some guys need help with investments. Everybody needs help in negotiating contracts. So it's really just and, and a lot of times it can be even be a quote unquote uh, therapist. You know, it just depends on what each guy needs specifically and being somebody they know they can always count on. You hear about guys that make millions and have a 10, 15 year career, make tons of money and later on they're broke. How do you try to avoid that with some of your clients? You know, that was really the biggest reason I got into this, you know, me being a young black man myself, you know, I've, I've always said that um, I take a personal, their success, you know, if, if they're not doing what they want to do instead of doing what they have to do when football's over, I didn't do my job as well as I should have. So I really do take that to heart. And, you know, it, it's always a, a good thing when these guys are calling me, hey, you know, what do you think about me getting this car? Hey, I want to get this house. What should I do? Hey, you know, my family member asked for this. Um, the fact that they feel comfortable enough to come to me and, and to get my opinion, I feel like I can always help and add value to those situations. Have you been, you know, asked for advice and then they obviously uh, don't listen and go the other direction or what? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had that happen. Um, and I've definitely had them come back and say, man, I should have listened to you. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not naive. You know, I'm 25 years old. There's a lot that I know, but I also know there's a lot I don't. Um, and like I said, I'm blessed to have a partner. He's 37. His birthday today, actually. Um, but, you know, he's, he's definitely helped everyone a lot in terms of just bringing value where I lack and vice versa. Something your dad told me and just blew me away because we mentioned you're 25 years old, obviously a very successful at what you're doing now, but you're a board, you're on the board of trustees at your old high school, Bishop Lynch. <laughs> that right there just blew me away because when you think board of trustees of any organization, you're thinking of people minimum in their thirties or much older, but obviously right. the respect that they have for you is just off the charts for you to be so young and be on the board of trustees. Right. Just hit on that if you would. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, the president of my high school right now um, was one of the deans when I was at the school. And we always had a good relationship when I was in high school. And we got even closer once I graduated. You know, it's just something that he had always kept up with me and saw how successful I was getting off the, uh, you know, outside of my college. And, you know, he asked me one day if it would be something I'll be interested in. Um, and me being as young as I am, I, 
obviously I just, you know, me, you know, I said, of course. And, you know, I ended up meeting with him, meeting with the board and, you know, it's been going on probably six to seven months now, but it's been great. You know, and it's, I think I, I add a lot of value to something that, you know, a lot of people who are older than me don't necessarily understand because it's been so long since they've been in high school. Um, and, and being a young black man, you know, I think it's a perspective that needs to be on the board. You and your dad and Brian, your, your, your younger brother, started a tradition of uh, on draft day of getting together and, and I guess uh, filling out your own draft cards or whatever, <laughs> eating wings, just 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 having a good time. And I think it's one of the more more neat traditions uh, of uh, father and sons. And I think if if I'm not mistaken, you guys are still doing this. Yeah. So um, I'm actually sitting in my office right now looking at the big dry erase board uh, from the 2020 draft. Uh, so like you said, when growing up, it used to be a, a notebook and we just write it down. But since I have guys actually getting drafted now, I've had to upgrade a little bit. But um, I am definitely blessed to have my brother and dad still be there on those draft days to enjoy this process with me. Your greatest advice from your dad and mom. Man. I mean, I could go on for hours. Um, I don't know if I can get any one piece. You know, I think, you know, I had done it with my dad last week and he was saying how he was telling a buddy that he was so thankful to have kids that could be just as close with both of his parents as we are. Um, you know, so my, I think some days I'll go to mom and some days I'll go to dad. But at the end, I always end up going to both of them at different times. So um, I think just, you know, always being respectful to people. Um, obviously, all the cliches about treating people how you want to be treated. But um, I definitely think that that's the biggest thing. You know, I think both of my parents truly enjoy seeing other people succeed. Um, and that's where I get it from. You know, I think I'm in the perfect you know, feel to be able to impact young young men and impact family generations for literally generations. So um, I think just, you know, putting yourself behind others sometimes and making sure that you can add value to other people is the biggest thing they taught me. Okay. You have a son. He comes to you, dad, I want to play football. What do you say? Yeah. I'm letting my kid play football. Um, I still love the game. I think it's getting safer by the year, but I, I don't want to ever be a parent. Obviously I hope this is, you know, no time too soon, but I don't ever want to be a parent that stops my kid from doing something they want to do, especially if it's, you know, legal, obviously. What do you think about the, is there any new rules that you would put in place for safety or do you think they're going in the right direction? Yeah, I think they're going in the right direction. You know, um, obviously, you know, it's, it's hits now that I see that I, it wasn't happening when I was playing uh, or it's safer things now that they're doing that wasn't happening when I was playing. So I think it's definitely moving in the right direction. I think the equipment's getting better. Um, it's just, you know, when you have people who are getting more athletic every year, going full speed at each other, I, uh, accidents are going to happen. But um, I definitely do think that we're trying to make the game safer. All right, back to Arkansas, a few questions. I know you you, you grew up a Texas fan. Mm-hmm. What was it like watching uh, the Razorbacks dominate them and take, you know, take them to the woodshed, so to speak? Man, so I was texting uh, all my friends in our group text from Arkansas, and we were all upset that we didn't plan on going to that game. Um, I think everybody's just so busy right now in their careers, but um, that was one of the coolest things to see and kind of one of the moments that we said, all right, Arkansas is back. So um, I'm excited to see us compete with everybody in the country at this point. How difficult was it to, to see the program uh, kind of hit bottom right before Coach Pittman showed up? Uh, it, it was frustrating. You know, it really was. You know, a lot of those guys were guys that I played with, um, and I knew that they were better than the record was showing. Um, I knew some of their situations weren't fair to them, uh, per se, and for the team. Um, and, you know, it's also frustrating because I felt like the year that Coach B got fired, there were so many injuries that happened with me and Frank. And, I mean, a lot of the other starters, uh, J-Red, um, a lot of our DBs were hurt. So I just felt like it was such a, a down year, and it was unfair for us to make such a drastic change in our uh, you know, football department. What do you think about some of the running backs on the uh, on campus right now? 
I mean, this is probably the most stacked we've been at that position since I was there, if I can be honest with you. Um, I, from the first thing guy to the, the guy that's probably a walk-on, I mean, those guys can play. Um, so what they've done at that position is really impressive. Is there one one particular one that you really like? Yeah, uh, I don't know how the rules work with this um, because I hope to sign some of those guys, you know, a year or two from now. But, I mean, I'll just say that those guys can play and, you know, they'll, they'll definitely be hearing from me soon. I understand. Okay. All right, Raleigh. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Good insight about uh, just your career, your retirement from football, and your life as an NFL agent. And I, I see you tweet out new uh, guys that you've signed, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. man, and I, this does not surprise me at all just because of who you are and uh, your type family that you, you, you were raised in. And I, I'm just so happy for you and congratulations. I really appreciate that, man. And I appreciate you for all you've done, not just for me, but for that state. So keep doing what you're doing and I'm always here for you if you need me. All right, Riley. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. You too, buddy. That's uh, that's it for this edition of the Recruiting Guy podcast. We'll see you next uh, next time.